0: Are you in a state of recovery? Do you want more clarity and direction? Have you built your foundation and wonder what lies beyond recovery? Do you wanna discover what you are truly capable of? And are you ready to discover your purpose, learn to overcome your limiting beliefs and change your mindset? Are you ready to discover the key to living a purpose-driven life? When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost, but our journey doesn't have to stop there. This is the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. After overcoming my own 20-year battle of addiction to drugs and alcohol, I have now dedicated my life to empowering those in recovery to rewire their brain so they can change their story. And enhance the recovery even further. Hello and welcome back to a new year of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope that you guys all had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever it is that you celebrate. But I hope that you got to spend some time with some loved ones and your support network. And I guess that's what I'm really grateful for today is the fact that one of the, we have so many gifts when we enter the world of recovery, but one of them is that we are never truly alone, right? Should we embark on this journey and develop our support network? We've always got people around us. We always have a place to go. And I am truly grateful for that because even when I'm feeling alone, which happens, right? I think even when we're surrounded by loved ones, it's still easy Um, to feel alone sometimes but we just can pick up the phone we can hop online attend a meeting whatever it is but we're never really alone and you know I think about today's guest and how we met as well and had this COVID thing never happened had things not gone completely online I would have never met today's guest and I think that's such a gift right I've traveled all over North America. I've been to Europe. I've been to 12 step recovery meetings and met some absolutely amazing people that I wouldn't have met had I not been in recovery. So what a gift. That is what I'm grateful for. So remember, if you're feeling alone, reach out, call somebody, attend a meeting. There's always someone there to support you. So 2021 has been a big year of change for me. I seem to thrive off change, but I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I think everything that I've been through, and I'm gonna record a separate show for that uh, because today you get to hear from another amazing guest, but I think all the changes that have happened have allowed me to refocus my efforts who I really want to talk to, who I want to work with. And you know, my my passion has always been around helping people discover their purpose, right? Changing their story. And so that is kind of where I'm going this year. And what I've done is combined both of my Facebook communities into one called the Rise Beyond Recovery Facebook community. There is a link in the show notes so if you'd like to join us, come on by, I'm going to be starting bi-weekly support meetings. These are really going to be focused on rising beyond your recovery, right? So now that you've built that foundation, you know, what are your wins? What are the things you're working on? How can we help support you? This is going to be really action-focused, future-focused, solution-focused meetings, but it's a place that you can brainstorm. You can share your ideas. You can share your roadblocks. Let's help each other overcome those roadblocks. And so that's what I got going on in there. We also have a weekly or a monthly challenge starting next week. So come and join the community. You can get in for that. There will be prizes, a whole, whole bunch of fun stuff, but that is where I'm refocusing my efforts this season. And if you're wondering if you have a growth or a fixed mindset. Of course, as always, I have my mindset audit sessions. You can pop over to my website at www.theroadforward.ca slash mindset audit. Uh, let's jump on to a call and we'll help you gain some clarity. To kick off the new year, we are chatting with my friend, Forrest Ferguson. And like I mentioned at the start of the show with my gratitude, is that had things not gone online, who knows if Forrest and I would have ever met. And I think that's a big gift to being in recovery is, you know, pre-COVID, we could travel anywhere in the world, hit up a 12-step meeting, and meet so many amazing people that we could all relate to each other, right? And now I think it's even better because we do have the ability to meet online, and we don't even have to leave our own homes. I mean, don't get me ro- wrong, I love the hugging, and I miss that part of things, but I think it's super, super cool that Forrest and I were able to meet. As a result, I was able to have him as a guest on the show where he shares his story. You know, we talk about recovering out loud and releasing the shame of addiction because really there is nothing to be ashamed about. So many people out there struggle and I think that the more that we do share our stories, the more we do recover out loud, the more people we can touch and hopefully inspire to live a clean and sober lifestyle. And we also talk about how Forrest's life has changed today. So enjoy this episode. Welcome back everybody. Today I am hanging out with my friend, Forrest Ferguson. How are you doing Forrest? I'm
1: doing very well, how are you?
0: I am fantastic and so grateful that you get to share your story on the show. So why don't we start off, you know, what was life like growing up for you and what led to your addiction because we talked a little bit before we started recording that everybody has a different story of how they started on their paths into addiction and then through recovery so what was that you know those early days like for you
1: um my early days were well actually i started drinking at age 12. um i was raised in a house or yeah i'll i'll call it a house (laughs) not a home but uh i didn't feel love there as a child um i didn't uh i don't think i was nurtured uh and that that left a a big empty spot and um it it was it was tough there was a lot of uh as a child, I, I just felt alone, like I was out there on my own, and uh, just just didn't have anybody to turn to. A, a lot of times, you'll you'll see a, a child in distress, and they want to run to their their mother. And I realized later in recovery, I never had that. It, it wasn't a it wasn't an instinct that I had. It wasn't an avenue or an option for me, and. And, uh, so the, the early days were very lonely and confusing, I would say.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you hear that from a lot of people, right? I mean, my story, I grew up in a very loving family. I had that love, but because of, um, certain, you know, uh, areas in my life that my dad because he was always put down and told that he wasn't smart. So he overcompensated with us, and was always telling us, you can do better, you can do better. And so, you know, I learned to numb out all those feelings of not being good enough, you know, needing that validation that somebody just to say, I'm proud of you. And I think, you know, in both of our stories, that is a very common is we're seeking that love. We're seeking that being able to talk to somebody, somebody saying, Hey, you know what? You're, you're, you're good the way you are. Like, I love you. So what led to your drinking? Cause you said you started drinking at the age of 12, which is fairly young.
1: Basically I stumbled on it and it was like a security blanket or a a relief or a comfort or it 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 allowed me to relax which i i didn't know how to do and honestly i still have trouble with sometimes but (laughs) uh, it it allowed me to relax and uh, it gave me an escape from all that i that i felt was was against me it, it just basically allowed me to relax and uh later later in sobriety i, I learned the importance of love and and that it, it was lacking in my life
0: mm-hmm.
1: a, a lot of uh people used to ask me you know what what is sobriety given you and i used to always say hope you know it gave me hope but then i realized that what it actually gave me was was love it taught me about love and all the different aspects of love and i learned that i think a major part of my problem and struggle was the fact that it didn't it didn't exist i didn't know of the concept I I didn't know what it was and uh and so when people ask me today I I say through love
0: I now have hope
1: because that's that's really what what turned it around for me.
0: Oh, I love that. Now, you know, my addiction progressed. You know, I started with drinking. I I would say that was probably my first love cuz like you had mentioned I used alcohol because of my inability to handle my emotions and it allowed me to numb out. It allowed me to escape, like you said, and it allowed me to be someone that I thought others wanted me to be, right? I thought I was funny. I'm sure they were laughing at me and not with me at the time. (laughs) But, you know, for me, I, my journey through addiction, it progressively got worse, you know? I was not afraid to put any mind altering substances into my body. So for you, how did that progress? And when did you finally hit that point where you knew you had to stop?
1: Um, Early on, it did started with. uh, It was alcohol only. And then through high school and later it you know there was of course, we're talking about a long time ago we, we didn't have we didn't have all the stuff we have today, and I thank God for that, but uh you know, pot got added into the mix, uh, you know there was there was uh, cocaine hash, what they called speed at the time. Which is, uh, from what I understand, nothing like it is today. But uh, p- pretty much, the majority of of my uh, abuse was alcohol. But man, any anything out there that I came across, you know, I'd pretty much give it a shot and uh, and see. And uh, I, you know, I, I knew I needed to to stop. I actually was, was in active addiction for 36 years and I had known for many years before I actually did stop that I needed to, but I I couldn't find a way. I didn't know how to do that. And by that point in my life, I was just, just hanging on, you know, and I, I probably, they, people ask me, well, when did you hit rock bottom? And I'm like, well, I don't know. 10 or 15 years before I quit (laughs) and I just stayed there and, and these things just continued to spiral out of control. You know, the, the usual, all the usual stuff, the, the wrecked relationships. Um, By that time I had uh, two children, you know, which uh, down the road, I, I lost, Complete contact with my youngest son, and uh, he had gotten married and had a child, and my my oldest grandson was a year old before I met him. It just it just continued to burn to the ground, and I I could find no way to to see through it, and, and I just didn't believe there were any options that that I could do that would give me the relief I needed and and keep me sober.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about the bottom and I think that I had hit a bottom well before I had stopped. i would hit many different bottoms. And I always like to say, you know, when I finally did find recovery on the outside for me, um, I had started, you know, I got married. I, I bought the house, I got the car, and so it looked like I had it together, but I was 215 pounds, I was $75,000 in debt, <clears throat> and things were not good, right? I just covered them up with the what I thought society said I should be like and should be doing in my life, and I often tell people, you know, I hit my bottom when I decided to stop digging that last time, you know? Um, so how did you eventually end up getting sober? And what did that early part of early recovery look like for you?
1: Um, I, I got sober in the rooms of AA. And um, I was married at the time. And my, my wife at the time was, was an alcoholic as well. And she had joined a a two years prior and gotten sober and continued to uh we we continued the marriage and uh, from time to time i would go to AA events with her and and the one thing i noticed was that uh, all of these people were laughing and happy and <laughs> I would scratch my head. I don't know what the hell these people are so happy about. You know, life sucks. It's terrible. Let's get out of here. You know, let's go get a drink. Blah blah blah. And uh, it just over that two-year period, it just continued to to become more and more apparent that maybe they, maybe this is a wave. I don't know. I really, really don't know. And for some reason. I went to a meeting with her one day and, uh, I was sitting over there close to the door, you know, to make my getaway. Should I need to, <laughs> <laughs> and they just, they went around the room and everybody shared And when it came to me, uh, I, and I had been in meetings, a couple of them before, and I knew I could just say, I'm just here to listen. I I'll pass. Well, that's not what I said. (laughs) The the next thing I know, the words, hi, my name is Forrest, and I am an alcoholic, came out of my mouth. And I swear to you to this day, I did not say that. It came out of my mouth. I heard it. It went back into my ears. I know know the words came out, but I truly think that was God doing for me what I couldn't do myself and the minute those words came out of my mouth I needed a seatbelt on that chair I, I thought I was going to fly right out of it. The, the weight lifted and I, I know I was just sitting there with a stupid look on my face um because I I did not expect that that weight to be lifted. I didn't expect that feeling of of, uh, relief by just saying those words. And, and I knew in my mind that I meant that I knew I was an alcoholic. And when that came out of my mouth, I was so relieved. And I thought, well, I guess we're going to give this a shot. (laughs) And my wife at the time, she was sitting there looking at me like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) <laughs> she had no clue. And um, actually I didn't either, but, uh, and that's, that's how it started.
0: And that's amazing. And you mentioned, you know, God doing for you, what you couldn't do for yourself, you know, an early recovery, we learn about living a more spiritual life. And I know that I struggled with that in the beginning because, you know, when people mentioned God, I just cringed. And I thought, well, what was God doing for me before? And the reality is I'm alive. And if I if I really take a good, honest look at my life from, you know, the age of 14 to 36, there are many occasions that I can look back at now and realize I should not have survived those, you know, times. And I think it's a gift having gone through what we've been through and been able to come out the other side find a life in recovery and now we're able to help others do the same thing right and i always try to tell people like you know in early recovery it's really hard to see that this is our experience is actually a gift that we can now use to help other people going through the same thing and i think it's even more vital today just for the simple fact that you said you know thank god the stuff that they have today was not in our generation because i wasn't afraid to take anything And I'm sure my life would be completely different if I was using today. But, you know, your spiritual journey for me, I had a very profound spiritual experience. You know, I finally I was very resistant. I'm like, "Mm -mm, nope, not doing this. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when I started white knuckling it, I finally I started prayer, I started meditation and I had an experience where I was like, "Okay, I can't deny that there is a higher power, right? There is a God in my life." So, you know, what did that look like for you? Because I think that's important, no matter what that concept is for you. Just knowing that you don't have to run the entire show by yourself,
1: right? It it it's it's so so very important. And I, I remember, uh, it was probably the probably about the third meeting I'd gone to, the third day after I'd said those words that I didn't say. And uh, I could finally focus and and I wasn't so nervous. And I looked up on the wall and there was the steps on the wall. I I couldn't read what any of them were. All I saw was the word God in one of them. And I remember thinking I am fucked because I was raised in the church. And so by the time I got to AA, I had a long list of all the things that I was going to go to hell for. That is pretty much all I ever got out of church. Uh, You know, God was this punisher that, that was, was there to just, we were gonna, we were gonna hang out till I died, and he was gonna send me to hell. And then that's the bottom line. That that is the mindset I went into it with. And uh, a couple of old guys just put their hand on my shoulder and said, "Don't worry about it. It's, it'll be okay." And what what eventually basically happened was, I I tell people I had this bulletin board in my mind, this chalkboard, and it had all the God stuff. And it's all stuff that I had heard or other people had told me. And what AA allowed me to do um, was erase that board. Erase it clean. And now the only, the only ones that write on that board are him and I. I, I don't let anyone stand between myself and my higher power. And if it it wasn't for my higher power, I wouldn't be here today. There's no two ways about it. And uh, it it, basically for me, I, I got to AA. God got me to AA somehow. And then AA got me to God. And in, in, I guess in a roundabout way, that's kind of what happened. And and everybody gets scared about the God thing. And um, and I think, it, and I ask people, you know, they'll say this or that or whatever about God. And I, I said, where did you hear that? Did he tell you that or did somebody else tell you that? And they're like, well, you know, that's what I learned. And I'm like, how about you forget all that shit that somebody else told you? And just go with what he tells you. He's, he's yours. He's not anybody else's. Just go with, with what your God tells you, and you're going to be just fine.
0: I love that. And I think we need more people sharing that with others, right? Because we're so used to our, well, this is what I've heard. This is what the internet says. This is what the church <laughs> says. And I even had a good friend that I grew up with that I actually went to church with at a very young age. And he, you know, we, when I got sober, we talked about it. And I said, you know, I finally found God again. Like, I feel like I'm not, this weight has been lifted off my shoulder that I'm not the general manager of the universe. Cause that's a pretty, pretty tall order to do for someone like me. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> have to run the show. And he's like, you know, Tamar, God is not the church. God is in you. And when I heard him say that, I was like, okay, that's something that I can buy into, right? That's something that I can understand. And I remember, you know, people, I I don't, you know, have God speaking to me directly. Like I I know a lot of people who say they can hear God speaking to them, but God speaks through other people regularly with me. So if I do my prayer meditation practices, I mean, I remember one time, um, you know, one of my support uh, network ladies, she's like, you know, Tamar, you need to, Learn to let go and let God and we were talking about humility because I had none when I came into recovery. And she said, I want you to think about what humility means to you and what it means to you in your sobriety. And I thought, huh, okay. I was a little offended at first, but I prayed about it, right? And I'm like, hey God, you know, what is this whole humility thing? And I actually decided to go to a church service that Sunday. And I thought, you know, there must be doing something right. So I got to listen to this message. And there was humility across the <laughs> the the banner when I walked into the service. And I've had things like that happen repeatedly, right? So, you know, in terms of practices, I know that what I've been taught has really allowed me to stay grounded. It's, you know, not every day is perfect, but what type of practices have you incorporated into your sobriety that have really helped you just keep that foundation
1: I I pray a lot I I I never used to do that but uh, I I pray a lot and I I depend on on my God a lot like my completely because I I know that I can't do this on my own. I know, I know very well that if you and I sit here and we talk and you get something from what I've said, that didn't come from me. I'm an idiot. Basically (laughs) that's God talking through me. And, and I think that's one of the magical things about people in recovery when the when they get together and fellowship, I truly believe that God is, is there and, and he is speaking through all of us. I don't believe anything that's ever been said in a meeting was random or a waste. Somebody in there got something out of that. And so a lot of, a lot of prayer, a lot of trying to stay the hell out of the way. A lot of a, a lot of not being in charge of any damn thing, <laughs> which is very hard for me. Um, so it it's been a it's been an incredible journey, and just uh, the the spiritual aspect of it, and 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 that was the part that's probably scared me the most. And and I tell people all the time, it's no big deal it's a huge deal, but it's not, not a big deal. Like you think it is,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, you can connect. I don't care who you are. And, and it's, it's, it's your personal relationship, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be one of the, the most, the most important thing I do is, is my personal relationship with my higher power and, and, um, and that is a personal relationship between the higher power and myself only. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I don't let people interfere in that.
0: No, we can't or else then we start becoming the masters of our universe again. <laughs> <And then laughs> right. Those expectations don't uh, bode well, that's for sure. Right. So what would you say has been, well, let me ask you one thing. So has relapse been part of your story? And, you know, if so, or if not, what would you say has been the key to your sobriety?
1: Relapse has not been a part. And I am very grateful for that. I And I, I have thought about this and I try not to think about it too much because I, I will overthink it, but I don't really understand how I didn't relapse. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, I just seem like, in my mind, I seem like I am that sort. But it 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 uh, is not a part. I have not relapsed, and uh, so I I tell people. That I talk to that have, I you know I don't have any experience with that. All I can really say to that is, that's another chapter of your story,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And and somewhere down the road, you will be able to speak to people with relapse uh, under their belt with with more knowledge than I will ever be able to. You know, it, it everything has purpose. You know, if I I know a person that relapsed here a while back and I got connected and that person says, now that relapse was the greatest thing that ever happened because of the network and the direction that it took after that relapse. And, and so, you know, there's, there's, there's purpose in all of that. Then don't don't beat yourself up. If that's part of your story, that's part of your story. You know, that's that's just another chapter. And and uh, I I look because I I, d- I did have a problem with beating myself up about wasting 36 years of my life, and and it was made very clear to me by my higher power that. Those 36 years were not wasted if I used what I learned to help others. It's just an education. And so that's what I try to do.
0: I love that. And, you know, relapse is not a part of my story. And I always say yet because I know that if I don't maintain the practices that I did in early sobriety, Then I could very easily slip back into old behaviors. You know, I find myself sometimes slipping back into those old behaviors when it comes to food, you know, and because that's something that I will often self soothe with. So I have to be very mindful of it. But things could also, you know, in my life are going really well. And that's also a time I have to be mindful because I think I see a lot of people that relapse becomes a part of their story in times when they're doing great, because for some reason their brain will think, maybe this time it'll be different. I've got my head on my shoulders, things are good. And you know, as we hear from people who have relapse as a part of their story, um, it it very quickly progresses and isn't any better, typically, when they come back, right? Right. Um, you know, but I, I love how you said that it is, it's a unique journey, right? It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not, it's something that we all uniquely go through for one reason or another, or maybe we don't, you know? And I hear a lot of people will share that, you know, relapse is part of the journey. Well, it doesn't have to be. It just depends on your own Individual journey and what God has planned for you. So,
1: it, yeah, go ahead. I mean, if 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 you sit in a room with with people in recovery, and every story is different, and and there is no no one roadmap to this recovery business, every single one of us is different. But if you're just even the least bit open-minded, and you go around the room every person there has has an aspect or, or a, a portion of their story that, that I find helpful to me. And I always tell people when I'm in meetings or whatever, every single person in this room holds a piece to my puzzle because I, I believe that. I, I believe that. I believe this whole process is divine. I, I believe that, that our higher power is is totally in this whole process how in the hell can a group of alcoholics help each other get sober that's the craziest <laughs> shit i've ever heard of in my life it's not us you know it's it's the higher power but who would who would ever say that would work
0: it's so true and i mean that's the, that's the amazing part about recovery is that there is a power in sitting across, looking at another alcoholic and being able to say, me too, I've been through this as well, right? And I always tell people, you know, if you're struggling, one of the best things you can say is I need help. And you know, this kind of goes into what you mentioned about helping others. And I think when we learn to help others get sober or at least give them the tools so that they can work on getting sober, it helps us more than it helps them, and I remember I never understood that. Like I, you know, I had a sponsor tell me, you know, um, Tamar, don't ever feel bad about coming and sharing things with me and feeling like you're a burden because you're actually helping me more than I'm helping you right now. And I'm like, well, how the hell is that possible? (laughs) Like, I'm sitting here spewing out my garbage, sharing my deepest, darkest secrets. Like, I'm a mess right now. How could this possibly be helping you? And now, of course, after sponsoring people and seeing this miracle happen, it does. Like, helping other people in a, you know, kind of selfishly unselfish way it helps us stay sober. So, how has you know helping other people really changed your recovery?
1: It when when I work with other people, the the weirdest thing happens. <laughs> for me, I, I always consider myself as a person. Uh, the The light bulbs go off very slowly for me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so. Um, and when I, when I work with someone, I always pray ahead of time. And and I ask that, that it's, it's God's words, not mine. And the, the funniest things you're in the middle of a conversation with someone and you're, you're trying to help them. And the light bulbs start going off in your head. Wait a minute. I didn't quite see it that way before, but now I see it a little deeper. Now I see it a little more in depth. And honestly, I learn a lot by helping other people. I really, and, and that goes back to it helps me more than it helps you kind of situation um, where it, it just, it makes light bulbs go off, you know, and, and, when when two people are sitting there talking about a subject and 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 God is in the middle of that subject he's going to feed both of you through one another and and it, it just and then you have no place to go but up in that situation you will rise in that situation i do believe
0: 100% agree so What would you say, you know, because I'm actually working with my dad on a project right now, and he is really digging into, you know, what keeps people sober and what causes them to go back. And, you know, as we well know, often people who don't get this, they go back and they don't make it back. Right. It's just the harsh reality of this disease. So, you know, what keeps you sober?
1: My higher power. Involvement with others, um, this this fellowship, uh, connection with people. Um, it, it's it's hard to describe. I I went through this program for a number of years, and um, I didn't connect. I I connected with some people, but not anywhere near on the level that I'm connected with a group of people now. And and you know the group, HJ3, that I'm talking about, that that crazy bunch of people. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God they're insane. (laughs) But I I was invited when that first started to, to be a part of it. And I thought, oh, you know. I don't know about this, blah, 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 you know. And um, I went and I found this group that is just so full of love that is so incredible. I just sat there and looked and listened with amazement, you know, and I give them a lot of credit because being associated with this group of people that just so freely loves and helps others. It is an incredible experience, and that you know that motivates me to help others as well. It, it, and uh, so this this whole process just builds on itself. And, uh, and you know that group—they they are just an incredible bunch of people, and they are <laughs> like batshit crazy. <laughs> they are, and and they they'll own it. But uh, just so much love in that group. And I, I would, for anybody out there working on staying sober, and, and I, I would say, find that group. There is one out there for you, that tribe, however you want to phrase it. Find that support system. Find those people that, that you can call up and say, hey, I'm in trouble. You know, I'm not feeling well. I'm," And everybody in that group is back and forth it's a it's a family, you know, and 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 another thing about finding this group, this is not a one hour a day thing. With this this, you know, and and I don't think your support system should be a one hour a day thing. These people live at twenty four seven. You can pick up the phone. I don't care. They're members all around the world. You can get somebody on the phone at any given time of the day or night. And they live it 24-7. And it's just, you know, it's. I, I, I say, I make the, and I shouldn't probably, but I, I make the comparison to how maybe there are people that go to church and act a certain way for one hour a day out of the week and then the rest of the week. That's not what this is about. This is a way of life. This is a, a lifestyle. This is just, you know I, I would I can't emphasize enough how important a strong support system is in a group. It's it's just a you know you, you you're I, for me I'd be I'm at risk if I wouldn't if I didn't have that. I mean I, I probably don't know how much risk I'm at without a group like that. so I would say to anybody find your group.
0: Yes, yes. And I love that because it's, that was one of the things like I finally felt at home. When I came into recovery, I thought, like you said, these people are just as batshit crazy as I am. Like, (laughs) I I thought I was alone in this world, right? And I'm like, huh, I can say anything I want. And somebody's gonna laugh, they're gonna get my jokes, they're gonna get the craziness going in my head. Right. And there's something so powerful about that. And that's really why I created this show is to show people that there is a life, you know, in recovery and beyond recovery, because we haven't been given this gift just to settle in life. Like we've been given this gift and this experience to help others create a life that, you know, I don't know about you, but there's days where I'll sit there when I really reflect in prayer, and I'm grateful. That I'm like, I can't believe I'm where I am today. Like, if you would have asked me nine years ago when I got sober, would I be doing what I'm doing now? I would have laughed in your face and said, You're crazy, not a right. chance.
1: Right. And it, it's, it, it's, well, it's a miracle. We, we both know that. And, and if, if anyone would have ever told me that, You can be involved and in recovery, and laugh harder than you've ever laughed in your life. Cry harder than you've ever cried in your life. I would have never thought. I, I have so much fun with this group, and and just with life in general. And and it's back to having a good a good support system and a good group.
0: It really is. And you remember everything. I was, we had a, a group of women, we got together last weekend for a dinner, and we sat there and we were crying. We were laughing so hard. <laughs> and at the end of the evening, all of us were kind of reflecting and going, you know, we've done this so much in recovery. And to remember the evening and to have authentic conversations, it's incredible. Like, there's nothing like it, there's nothing like the bond. That we get that you talk about in the group, there's nothing like it.
1: No, this, no, there's not. And this, this whole, and and I find myself doing this, this whole recovery thing that 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 we are living this this life. I'm constantly amazed. I, it 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 dawns on me, you know, you do remember things. You know, you you get to know these people. You genuinely care and love for these people. You know, you 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 know, it doesn't take long. You know all their kids' names. You, you're just family. You're 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 absolutely family. You know what's going on. You know, just in all of these details with this this incredible group. You know, and and I I'm, we're back to it. Find your group. Find your tribe you know if there if uh i, I don't i it, it's a miracle that this group even exists <laughs> i'm i'm just i, I cannot say it enough it is just a miracle i i didn't know i had quite a few years of sobriety before it finally clicked that i finally felt like i could I, I could move to the next level like i i you know, I thought I was doing my recovery decently, I guess, or well, I thought. And then I realized, no, you know, you get over here and, you know, you get with a group that charges you up, and man, there you go. And, and there's nothing but improvement to be had and, and so much to learn. And, and I'll kind of put that on the pandemic to some degree, because I'm stuck down here in a mindset where I am. And then I get to meet with people from all over the world that have gone to meetings all over the world. And the perspectives are also different. And, and I'm sitting there half the time scratching my head. thinking I never saw it that way or wow. Then, you know, they're right. Or, you know, and it's just, It's been a mind-opening experience.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, you know, the pandemic, as terrible as it's been, it has brought a lot of us closer together. It has forced us to slow down. It's forced us to go online. And, you know, that's how we met, which I think is absolutely incredible.
1: Right. How would we ever know each other if, if it was not for that?
0: Exactly. So it really is a miracle. And I believe everything happens for a reason. So... I know I could probably keep going on for hours and hours. <laughs> so Forrest, thank you so much for sharing your story and being on the show. We may have to do a part two. You never know. And I think, you know, we we need to get the group in on one of these calls. Now that things have settled down, I think that would be an incredible show.
1: Uh, you're asking for it with that.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> that, would be, uh, yeah, that would be off the chain. It would be a
0: good time. So I hope you're in on
1: that. Definitely. And I'll do a part two anytime you want.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Forrest.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. I love you.
0: I have had the privilege to walk alongside of many people who have built their foundation and further enhanced their recovery. But unfortunately, there are still so many people who are still suffering that need our help. The Road Beyond Recovery podcast is a proud sponsor of Touched by Addiction. Addiction thrives in isolation and darkness. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So if you or someone you know has been affected by addiction, there is help. At Touched by Addiction, we are dedicated to exposing addiction and ending the plague. Be that beacon of hope and light that so many desperately need. Each t-shirt or sweater you buy helps to get a struggling addict off the streets and into a year-long addiction treatment program. If you want to support the movement, go to www.touchbyaddiction.com.